0: Hey, welcome, we're gonna do a one-off service today. We always do series at Open Life and talk through, um, which we're about to enter into next week, talk through a course of, of uh, like we just finished a nine-week series on life verses. but today we wanted to pause in the middle of all of our series action and dialogue with our teams that went on emissions trips this summer We sent two teams. We sent a team to the Dominican Republic to serve, and we went and sent a team to Indonesia. And uh, it it was incredible. Your generosity helped them get there. So we wanted to pause and and take time to celebrate and, and just share, like, really what came out of these moments of service during the course of the summer. And for you to be able to hear from more than just our voices in the mix of that as well. So um, I was, as well we want to kind of promote, man, if you're here today and you feel a nudge after hearing everybody talk, if you're like, man, I have never been on a missions trip and I think I would like to go, then we'll give you an opportunity to check the box on missions on the back of your Connect card today. And we'll follow up with you. We'll add you to the list of those that might be interested in next summer's trip to the Dominican Republic and and others that come up. So if you uh, have been on a missions trip before, raise your hand. I'm just totally curious of how many people in the room. It's an incredible experience. Uh, And it looks like there's lots of opportunity for people to experience it that haven't yet. So that's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Uh, Passage I want to share today. And you notice you don't have a handout with fill in the blanks in your in your bulletin today because we didn't print one because this is the only passage we're sharing. But if you want to follow along and take notes on the app, you can. Uh, Luke 6:38 says this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. And what does that passage have to do with anything that we just experienced? Because it's about generosity. It's about uh, giving. Well, ultimately, we prepare to go on a mission trip. And we could do the work and the labor and the, and, and the prep work. And, and you try to communicate with the missionaries that are on the field and figure out exactly what you're going to do. Kind of exactly what you're going to do. And uh, ultimately... You go there, you're ready to share the culture of open life, the way we live our lives open, uh, and allow ourselves to impart some of what God has graced us with and, and be challenged by their context and culture. And what ends up happening is as we serve, we receive more than we ever imagined. And, and we give, but it's like you can't outgive God. It's like we just keep getting inspiration more and more from the context of our serving. And, and, and it's just this beautiful, circular process that happens. And uh, I just want to to say there is no better thing than just giving of yourself unconditionally. Whatever needs to be done, let me serve. And watching your heart just, like, expand. Um, I think, as we're going to hear from those who went on the trip today, you're going to hear that that actually happened. There was more activity in our heart that occurred, really, than activity we did, in my opinion. And it shapes us. It changes us. It transforms our perspective on things that you never would have imagined being transformed, Uh, growing your heart for different regions in the world. A DR team that'll come and share in uh, about 15 minutes how many of you witnessed and saw that there is a hurricane developing and is heading towards the DR, and did it change the way you pray? You know what I'm saying? It's like you just start noticing things that you would have never noticed before, and praying a way you've never prayed before, and rejoicing over things you've never thought of rejoicing over before. So. Let me explain the Indonesia trip. We're gonna focus on Indonesia first. I'll invite the Millers up here in just a second. Uh, let, you'll see some general visuals going from, from team moments and stuff. I'm not necessarily gonna to refer to anything particular on the screen, it's just going behind us. Uh, we, we went. The, the Huffs went for 27 days. We left uh, mid, mid-July and just got back uh, a little under two weeks ago. And our jet lag feels like it was a little under two weeks ago because it's still alive and well. Um, And so we went to serve uh, the Taylors. So John and Corey Taylor are missionaries we monthly support at Open Life. Uh, They pastor ICA Surabaya, which is a church that has two campuses, one in East Surabaya and one in West Surabaya. And uh, Surabaya is in between six and seven million people. In a city. Those campuses are about 30 minutes our time apart, two hours their time apart with traffic and millions of people on mopeds with six people on a moped families. It's crazy, crazy different culture. And uh, and there's about 1,700 people in that church. It's an English speaking congregation with also a Bahasa Indonesian service uh, at each campus. So uh, our role was to go and, and fill the role of lead pastor while the missionaries were here in the States, itinerating and sharing with their supporters for a couple months. And so we preached for weekends there. But in the middle of that, the Millers came and joined us, and we did a missions trip to a place called Bachon Island that most people have never heard of in their life. Maybe they've heard of the Bachon Stone, which is found on Bachan, But uh, we went to a, a remote island and uh, spent six days there. It was three days of solid days of travel. And uh, ultimately, we did a lot of traveling. Uh, 11 flights, 21 TSA checkpoints, five countries, and uh, the Millers did that in 14 days. So you basically were always on a plane. And it was awesome. Uh, the very nature of reaching a far-off place like bachon Island, um, where we were intending to build six churches, uh, it takes a long time to get there. They don't have regular flights. So, so we traveled and did an all-nighter where we were sleeping in airports and, and on boats on our way out. So it was really interesting. The travel to get there was, was stretching. And then when we got there, we knew a uh, couple weeks before we went that there were some major earthquakes that had hit the region. There was a 7.4 and a 7.1. The 7.4 came with a tsunami warning. And what those two earthquakes did is displaced everybody in Bachchan to uh, refugee camps. They would put up a tarp and some, some tree limbs and make these camps up high where they were out of the threat of tsunamis, and they would uh, go to their homes during the day and get supplies and go back to their camp. Some of them sleeping in these tents you see in the images scrolling through. They would, they would sleep under these tarps with like doubles the temperature outside, and uh, three families in one little tarp. And so our ministry ended up changing which was for the good, in my opinion. Uh, We were originally going to build six churches, but the steel that was supposed to be loaded on a ship and delivered got delayed at port in Surabaya because the ship had an issue, and so the building supplies didn't get there, and we ended up doing a ministry trip instead where we were sent out every day to pray for uh, the community members of churches that are afraid of the earthquakes or wanting prayer for their kids or uh, different desires they had. So ultimately, we went from house to house and tent to tent all across this island, and then in the evening did services, uh, revival services in churches, one in a very large church, one in a medium-sized church, which is where we slept, and then... Uh, one in a house church, and uh, it was fun to do that. It was very moving and inspiring uh, to see what God did in those services. And so I'm going to invite the Millers up, and and we're going to share through their lens the experience that we had, uh, and, and how that stretched them, uh, how that inspired them, and uh, then I'll share a little from the Huff perspective in a second. Okay, so we put some slides together. Just a bunch of visuals are going to be going while we're talking. And I put, I think we did Abby first, didn't we? we did you put her first? So do you want to go first, just for fun, to share your experience? Here you go.
1: Okay. So um, I took a few, or put some notes. So I'm just going to read from those. So I'd say that traveling to Indonesia was one of the best experiences of my life. And when friends asked me what my favorite part of our missions trip was, one of the first things that comes to mind is being a part of the missions team that went to the tiny little island of Bacan. The team included a family from the UK, about 10 people who attended ICA, which is the Indonesian church we were with, and the Open Life team. And by the end of the trip to Bacan, our entire missions team was like family. The stories I heard were interesting and inspiring, And after exchanging numbers with some of the people from our missions trip, it's been really cool to keep in touch with them from back here. I love knowing that I have friends overseas who I've shared some of the most impactful experiences of my life with. The culture shock, the jet lag, the heat, and the unforgettable bathrooms, and spending the night on the top deck of a ferry was hard. Seeing the conditions under which refugees had to live was hard, and hearing the stories of people living in fear of earthquakes was hard. But seeing the hope and the incredible faith in the hearts of the people we prayed for and worshiped with, and becoming like family with our missions team, made every second of that trip worthwhile. So many of the things I saw and felt while I was there were just as good for me as they were difficult. I hope that someday I will have the chance to go back to Indonesia, and I am extremely grateful that it was in God's plan to send me there this summer.
0: That's awesome. You hold on to that, because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question. Oh, okay. Can I? <laughs> Sure. There's plenty more slides probably still scrolling that I put in there with your face in them. Okay. Uh, images of you praying for people in the tents and as well as at the altar times. Okay. And uh, uh, somebody asked me a question about our girls. I'll ask the same question of you just for free okay. in front of everybody. Okay. Uh, when you get in those tough scenarios you just mm-hmm. described, tough bathrooms, tough condition you realize when you got there there wasn't just two big earthquakes there's been 124 (laughs) and we're kind of in a tsunami zone and just all the realities of of what were there do you feel that that like breaks you to where you would like be afraid of ever going or now you realize I can do anything
1: it's kind of like once you've already done it you're like I can do it again And, like, since we were there, there wasn't really any way of getting out of it. So you just had to kind of do it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't a way out of it. So you should just go in with the best attitude. And it was really cool. And I would definitely do it again.
0: That's awesome. What was your most interesting food that you tried to eat that was... We were served local cuisine. They did not try to serve us American food.
1: Well, the most interesting was this, like, gray, jello-like stuff, and it was really gross. It was made of, like, tree sap. Yeah. I don't know. And it was interesting. The people there liked it, and they said it helped them have, like, really good lungs so they could sing really well. But it didn't...
0: Real story.
1: <laughs> it didn't taste very good.
0: No, it did not. That was not good. Okay, we might come back with more questions, but we'll let Christy share. And, okay. uh
2: uh, if it's okay, I'm going to read as well because I keep getting teary when I share this. And so um, I think if I read, I can just kind of stay on track a little bit. So I'll read and then whatever. Perfect. Um, we headed into this trip in a bit of a fog. It's a long story, but the weeks leading up to it were rough. And then just three days before leaving, we experienced the shocking death of our close friend. Todd worked on his eulogy all throughout the trip. When Todd, sorry, when Thad asked if we wanted to share something meaningful from the trip, it was hard to choose. But I think because of the grief we went into the trip with, what keeps sticking out to me is how good and even comforting it was to be with Christians whose faith is a little less tied to their circumstances, to be among the global community of Christ. I've not traveled as extensively as many people, but I was raised around Christians from all over the world enough to recognize that there's a quality to faith when it's grown alongside suffering, a quality I need and want more of. I saw people living in what we'd consider poverty in fear of earthquakes and tsunamis enter quickly into worship. And somehow this allowed me to as well, even as we cried with grief and questions about our friends' untimely death. I spoke with earthquake refugees under their tarps who quickly asked for prayer for their faith to remain strong and for the earth to stop shaking. I listened to Afghan refugees unanimous, unanimously tell us that sacrifice, literally dying, was the only way the gospel would find its way into their country, and they asked us to pray simply that they'd be strong. I heard no, why us? how could this happen? I used to believe in God, but where is he now? And while these responses would be understandable, there is something so enviable and witnessing faith that grows up alongside difficulty, faith that is so quickly leaned into when the worst happens. Somehow faith here at home, for me at least, gets all wrapped up with how life's going and my circumstances. Hardships are met with shock, or a sense of betrayal that they happened, or scramble to fix them and get let back to how life is supposed to be. And when our circumstances, or even spot on the globe, don't force us into hardship, our faith grows right alongside that sense of entitlement to a life that is relatively free of suffering. Is their faith stronger than ours here? I don't really know and it really doesn't matter, but I feel grateful for this trip and its reminder of how important it is that we keep learning from those in circumstances different than our own. That our faith and view of God is in some part grown alongside hardship. I want to recommit my family to making intentional time each week to notice and walk alongside suffering in our own community and country and hopefully overseas again someday. It was a privilege to serve and be Jesus' hands and feet in Indonesia this summer. And as I've shared, it was a timely gift to our souls as well. Thank you so much for your support.
3: That's awesome. Todd, what do you want to add to that? Well, we worked on this uh, together, um, and uh, we really were struck by how um, a a, a faith that—we were struck by how a faith, as Christy was saying, um, that suffering and hardship is not seen as a threat to your faith, but is seen as something that—all too often we see how, um, you know, something bad happens, and it's like, I feel betrayed by God, and therefore the last thing I want to do is go to Him— and, uh, and that was the opposite of what we saw here, is, is that when hardship came, people ran to God in a way that was almost like a, a child who had uh, fallen and hurt their knee and ran to their parents, uh, you know, for comfort. And uh, to be reminded of that and see how that was was really, um, and I think it really shaped even the worship times. I mean, the most impactful times for me were uh, when we came together uh, as a group and and worshipped. And the way that the sound of the voices just filled the room, it just sent chills down my arms. And um, so, anyways, it, it uh, I think there's some quality about how suffering and hardship in that culture really drew people to God, uh, was really a refreshing, a uh, reminder to see. Yeah. How do you, um,
0: how did you find yourself leading as a, a father with your family there in yeah. the midst of scenarios sometimes that were tense, that you were uncertain of, like your sleeping arrangements during yeah. earthquake or, yeah. uh, on the ship, or, and you just, uh, it was interesting to watch you lead in that mm. season, like, what was going through your mind, because that might be one of the things people, well, I would, I would go, but I'm not sure if my family is yeah. ready, you know?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I kind of refer to what Abby was saying, it's like, you really didn't have a choice, you know? Uh, we felt like this was uh we knew that we were up for an adventure, and we felt God prompting us that, "Hey, this will be good for you. It'll be stretching." And uh, you have to remind yourself that, uh, uh, you know, the only time we ever grow is when things are hard. You know, I mean, even if you, if you want to get strong, you go to the gym. It's hard, but that's how you grow strong. You know, it, it's it's the hardship in life uh, that if we learn how to run to God and see it not as something, how can I avoid this at all costs? You know, when, when you're committed over there and, and uh, there is no easy way home, you know, to, to get back to, you know, then you begin to stop asking that question, how do I get out of this? And you start saying, "How do we get through this, Lord? I'm going to need you to get through this. I, I put my family's safety in your hands, Lord, and as well as my own. And uh, what are you teaching us through this, Lord, as we are stretched? How can your Holy Spirit come in a way and teach us stuff that we would never otherwise know? So that's it was just a lot of a lot of faith, trying to follow the lead of the locals in their faith." Todd joined an adventure
0: of mine that this was my second time to Indonesia, and he joined me in the adventure of trying all the food. You ate everything, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, for that they
0: offered. Yeah. And one of the scenarios, switch over to the Huff images, because I'm not going to take much time on ours because of we need to get the DR team up here. But the, one of the places we found ourselves when we were going in preparation on the final day, uh, Our our families were doing the kids' outreach Mm -hmm. um, at the refugee camp, and then we were on our way to prep for the evening's ministry in the house church. And we stopped along the way at a a family's house up in the jungle Mm -hmm. that had built a temporary home due to the earthquakes in an orchard. And it was literally a watchtower that we kind of talked about back in the Watchman uh, message in our last series, and um, they offered us food. And you're in a scenario where you know they, our our doctor Linda, our vaccination doctor, told us don't eat anything except for this. Blah blah. Well, pretty much the entire time we were on Bajan, we were eating the things we shouldn't eat, <laughs> and uh, and none probably more risky than in that <laughs> scenario, but we were offered food. And so we didn't want to insult the, the home. So we graciously said yes. And we didn't only have one serving. It was really good. It's cassava. It's basically a root you're eating. It's kind of like a potato, so it was like a steak fry, I guess you could say, yeah. a jungle version of a steak fry. Yeah, that's what I
3: told myself it was.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we ate it, and, and the Lord <laughs> pretty much kept us safe. I mean, we had digestive issues for, you know, a week or so when we yeah. got back, maybe still. DMI. Yeah, uh, but the reality is the Lord was watching over our health. The Lord was watching over our safety. Yeah. I think some of the most powerful moments for me to witness, like as a a pastor on a trip trying to allow people to do ministry was to defer opportunities to pray in tents to Todd, to Christy. I remember the first time I said, Abby, you want to do this one? You're like, really? You know, but watching you just jump right in there. It's the same thing with uh, our, our, our twins were being celebrities. They, they hadn't seen white people ever. Like in Bachan. So they're being pampered all the time, you know, the kids chasing them around. They had to be rescued by the locals one time because so many people wouldn't even let them get to the car. It was kind of funny. And uh, uh, But Jaden, even our Jaden, 12 years old, jumping in and praying with people in tents, and then as well watching you guys work the altars and pray for people, um, even more instantly than those from ICA, Sarabaya. I bet it was challenging for them. Because we're quick to jump out. They said, hey, be willing to pray with people at the altar. So when people came up, it was like we were there. And it was really cool to watch. Um, and just powerful. It's powerful to see not only what we gave in that moment, but what we were receiving. And watching people have a radical transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit right in front of us.
3: Yeah, and that the the praying at the altar was a thing where we were praying in English to people who didn't understand English, and it didn't matter. It's like we were all crying out to God together, and uh, and it was translated in the heavenlies. <laughs> uh, it, it just the, the the connection that we had with someone we couldn't talk with in our own human languages was uh, was something like the the spirit transcended all of that, and that was powerful. It did
0: well powerful trip to indonesia we have an invite in any summer we want to go back to go back so i'm sure you'll hear more about that in the future and uh, let's hand it over to the dr team to hear what god did in their time 15 minutes went really fast right there so
4: it's all good thanks all right i'm gonna get started uh i want to introduce you this is danny my wife John Parker, our youth pastor here, Jessica, his wife, and then Spencer Nelson. Um, but on the screen, uh, if it worked perfect, uh, that's uh, Jamie and Barely Bayo with me and Danny, and then their two kids, Logan and Ethan. The- these are our missionaries that we've also supported at Open Life from the Dominican Republic for the last couple years, and so we had the opportunity from her for a team to come and um, connect with them. And so what was interesting about this is I have been on a mission trip about 14 or 15 years ago with her um, in the Dominican Republic. And so I had this idea and I actually told our team what we would be doing and then come to find out about a month or two before the trip started it was going to be something completely different uh, than what I had communicated to them of what I thought the trip was going to be. And so uh, I just we're just going to walk you through. Um, we're going to have people share on certain days. We're going to go kind of day by day. But so the first um, day was when we... Uh, Gal met at our house about four o'clock on July 1st, and then we were making our way to the airport and um, began to fly down to the Dominican Republic and it just felt like a blur like we did a red eye to Miami and we woke up and none of us slept at all and so we arrived at our house in the Dominican Republic just ready to sleep and take a nap and so thankfully Jamie kind of planned uh, a good rest time in that moment and it was just a, a good time to rest and our AC the power went out so our AC's turned off like and so it was just this muggy heat and so you'll see in all the pictures we have this just glisten on our foreheads and it's just there for all of them. I like couldn't take a good picture. I'm like it looks like I'm sweating every time I took a picture. It's because I was sweating uh, like the whole time. And so um, you'll see these are uh, just some videos as we were driving and driving was just a fun Crazy experience. Um, we all just loved our driver, but he really kept us, kept us safe, just in the mess and the craziness. And so, if you guys ever want to chime in, you can. Um, we, we can do that. But they have specific times that we're going to talk. But so we were um, encouraged to come and uh, for the first two days of our trip, it were kind of mirrors of each other. So in the morning, we met at this church called Arca de Noé, and uh, in the mornings, we did some pastoral leadership sessions, and so we were really, she wanted, Jamie wanted us to k- communicate to these pastors and leaders of this, this this church and some daughter churches that they have about what it means to connect with their community. And so for us at Open Life, it was a really easy, like, time for us to share about the Community Big Give, to share about uh, the School Supply Give and kind of how we do that and just the process of it. And it was interesting to try and communicate to their language in Spanish and for their culture the things that we do they don't have Thanksgiving and so to talk about giving away Thanksgiving meals you have to really say you know it's a holiday meal giveaway and so there was a lot of translation like things you really had to communicate clearly clearly to kind of tell them about and so then um later on in that day um we would go from that church, and what was funny is it was so hot. I think there's a picture of me speaking, and a guy comes up and he has to point the fan at me, like this is while I was talking in the middle of it. He like he's like that guy needs a fan, and so he like grabs the fan, moves it, and like I was just so blessed and thankful that he did that because I was just sweating so bad. And so even this church, in the next church you see, they had um, a cool room for us or like a cold room. And uh, this is where, it was just like little cubby area where they had AC. And so we would all just huddle in there just so that we could have air conditioning. So it was so nice of them to do that. And then in the afternoon for these two days, we would go to this smaller church. And so it's a daughter church of Arcade Noe in this community called Brisol. And so what we got to do is meet... um, these just women of the church have been praying for their community that God would reach them. And so we brought some school supplies with us and we were able to start packing, um, school supplies for this giveaway that we were going to be doing at the barbecue that we were inviting people to, um, later that week, and so you'll see, like, we do just like we do it at, like, our school supply give, where we kind of put everything in a line and, like, pack it all up one by one, and so it had a very community big give, school supply give feel for what we were doing, and so then, um, Danny I just really wanted to kind of talk about and share just the the relationship that was built with the women of that church.
5: So one of my favorite parts of the trip was just being out in the community. Uh, Where Jaden said some of it changed with our agenda was that we were actually doing more church ministry and really just trying to support the people in the church so that they could then uh, really do some outreach. And so... One of the afternoon, two of the afternoons, we were able to actually go out then into the community with the people in the church, and so what we did was, uh, after doing some of the school supply packing, we went out with invites, and we all got paired up uh, with someone from the church. Uh, we had two ladies with Jaden and I. Uh, Francia and Santa, and Jaden always said Santa, and I'm just like, Santa, <laughs> Santa, um, and then a, a translator, uh, and so there wasn't very much that we could do uh, as English speakers, just smile and say hola, and uh, Jessica was really good at actually trying to learn some of the sayings, I just always got them wrong, but a lot of smiles and just uh, a lot of fun with the afternoons, but one of the things that was just really special is to be able to just support the church, so this was something where it could be more intentional because we were there, we were providing the funds for the barbecue later that week, and so it was really special to be able to know that we weren't just going doing a little fun thing to support someone and then leaving, but we were trying to make an investment in the lives there of that community. So a lot of folks didn't know where the church was located. Uh, And so it just felt really um, neat to be part of that ministry for the ladies. We say ladies of the church because uh, the ladies were definitely more involved. I think we did have one uh, volunteer that came that was a gentleman. But... Um, Anyway, they were very sweet, and um, one thing uh, the Indonesia team said something about how, oh, Todd was saying about praying, you pray in English, and it just, it didn't matter. Francia, one of the ladies, uh, she would just talk and talk, and I looked around. And that no one was there except me, and I'm like, who is she talking to? I don't understand what she's saying, but she was just having a full-on conversation with me. She forgot I didn't speak Spanish, <laughs> so she would kept she kept telling the translators, "Oh, I just forget." She just smiles and like seems like she knows what I'm saying, you know? And I'm like, well, I kind of pieced a few things together, but it was a very special time just to be out in the community and see the children, uh, and then um, favorite moments were when we saw the kids come back. So when we invited them, we saw where they lived, handed them an invite, and then a few days later, we saw them at the barbecue, and we were able to just pray with them.
4: Yeah, and we'll talk about the barbecue in a second. Um, But this guy right here, uh, his name's Jorge, and he was one of our translators, and he was like probably just the funniest guy that you'd ever meet. And so it's fun because we're still like friends on Instagram, and so we message back and forth a lot, and so it's just hilarious just talking to him. He has a girlfriend from Tennessee, and so it's just we totally make fun of him the whole time. Um, not because he has a girlfriend, but we tease him and poke fun. Um, and so then each evening I'll hand it over, but we met in this church again, so we did two hours in the morning of just um, training pastors and leaders, and then two hours at night where we would talk to more of the congregation. And so we would lead worship. Mandy led our team would lead worship both in the morning and the evening. Um, and it was just an amazing time to like just connect. And so we sang in English, but you know when you sing the song like um, what's the one I'm trying to think of? I
6: see the mountain one.
4: Yeah. Yeah, when you like see, when we were able to like see them connect with the songs that we were singing in English, it was just amazing to really like just see how worship and music can just go over languages and really just kind of bring it all together. And so it was very cool to do that.
5: They would even start singing in Spanish and throw, uh, I think Mandy was, was like, oh, that was funny because it doesn't line up perfect. not
4: the perfect rhythm. And so so it
5: threw us off a few times. We're like, what's happening? It
4: was special. Yeah. And so I think for me, like a huge highlight, uh, just to some, just very humbling is that, you know, here at Open Life, we're not a huge church. um, And, but the churches we are speaking to are even bigger than ours. And they're just challenged by the way that we connect with our community. And just the questions they're asking we're just so in depth, and there's this connection with the people there. And I, I think I said this before in one of our like giving talks in the last month. But like, there's this time where, um, you know, I'm a crier. I cry very easily when I'm talking, and <laughs> like I'm about ready to do it right now. And so, but like, I was just started to like cry, and it's, I think it's after something Jessica was saying. And so I'm like, you know, at our church we cry a lot. And so then the pastor's wife, she's like, we cry here too. It's just like. <laughs> She was crying, like wiping tears from her eyes. It was just so funny uh, to be able to have that moment. So then Friday, the next day, we got to go visit uh, kind of a touristy thing. We got to visit the first church that ever built in the Dominican Republic. So we got a picture there. We did some locking and souvenir shopping. And then we went to um, a church later on uh, called the Trinidad of The temple of the Trinity. And so we met there. And so there's just some pictures of the outside if you want to see it. But something is cool on there mission and vision the little thing on their wall, kind of like what we have in the back here. It was very cool to see just the similar visions, and so you can see, like, their mission. We guide people towards a growing relationship with Jesus, and that's what we try and do here is we want to be people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, and when you click on the vision, it was this thing. So I took a picture of it just to kind of share just the same hearts and stuff that they had And um, then that night, we helped set up for the next day, which is our, like, big kind of, like, eight in the morning till eight at night day of doing a worship summit, and it was just an awesome time to be able to fulfill a vision that the two, um, Jamie and Barely, had. They like For years, they wanted to do a worship summit to connect the worship leaders and the worship teams of the different churches they're involved with to be able to come together and just share insights and share trainings. And so Mandy did a great job in multiple different arenas of just sharing um, just tips, both, like, practical and spiritual of, like, leading people into worship, leading teams for worship, and, uh, like, it was just an incredible, like, opportunity to do that, and I know uh, one of the other cool things for both me and her, because we spoke probably the most, was one of our translators was named uh, Taina, and I just, uh, she's just an incredible, clear communicator, and always wanted to get exactly what you're saying to communicate correctly, and I remember hearing her just talk about, you know, I get so nervous and it's just, I don't like, I get butterflies, but whenever I speak, I just know that God's speaking through me to the people and just speaking what the person wants to communicate. And so it's just an incredible time. Like, just like, that's like a great relationship that you build with the translators. And so throughout the day, we also, um, Corey and Danny, were able to teach about guitar, acoustic guitar, because mostly they like to do electric guitar. That's their typical guitar of choice. And so they were able to teach and give some tips on those things. And then um, these three right here did a great job of helping just with any logistical thing that needed to be done, whether it was selling CDs or helping with registration or helping to serve the food during lunch. And so it was just a total team effort. And so I think by the end of the day, we were just exhausted, and they took us to a mall and a food court where we were able to get some. Uh, American food, if you so choose, and so some of us got the McChicken Big Mac, and so it's a mix that they have it down there where it's a Big Mac but with McChicken patties, and so it was pretty good and enjoyable. Um, then on Sunday we went back to that little church we were partnering with, and like just to communicate, this building is totally weird because one side it's a hall. You're speaking to a hall and then you have to turn and speak to the other hall. And so in the middle, there's just a huge wall in front of you. And so uh, we led worship there as well, and then Um, Pastor, um, Jonathan was the, he's the pastor there, and over the course of that week, we found out his wife was pregnant, but then she lost her baby in the hospital on the Friday we were there, and so just to kind of see his heart for the people and just going through that trial and crisis in his life, but still kind of like what Todd was saying, choosing to just, like, run to God in that moment is just challenging and something we all, like, really processed with together, and so, um, I think jumping later that afternoon is when we started to get into um, the barbecue. And so I think I'll let, um, Spencer, do you want to go first? Uh, Just kind of talk about what you remember. What was your thoughts about having that? I think it's hot, so you're good to go. It's hot. Yeah, ouch.
7: (laughs) Um, A few things first, though. Um, I appreciate everyone that donated money for our trips and also clothing, because there were a lot of people that donated clothing that don't go to church here, they saw it online or something. So that really helped us out in our uh, travels. So, and the other thing is, um, I think their conditions were worse than ours because we had a house, a room, air conditioning. So if anyone's interested in going on a mission trip and they're worried that they're in their situation, you know, ours was pretty. It was hot, but we had, we had it nice. We had it nice compared to that. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the uh, the barbecue was interesting because they had a neat little park just down from the the one church, and uh, so we went and kind of scoped it out a day or two before. And I think Jamie said, "Well, we're going to need about 150." hot dogs and that for everyone there. And then at some point, they decided to get 300. And we ended up going through all 300. So that was big. And um, the other thing was, there was a lady, surprisingly, I think Corey said, um, she came up to him and said, she's from uh, Las Vegas. And she had moved there like five years ago. And she would never seen anything like this at the park before ever. And... I think that kind of, it moved me, I don't, I'm assuming it moved everyone, that someone noticed that. And I think the kids' joy and everything, um, you could just tell that it was something special for them to be there and have fun. Um, throwing the football around, I think the kids could have thrown the football around, it's like they'd never seen one, they could have thrown it around all day, eight hours. They were just playing. And we came up with a few games. I think they had their ring toss. It wasn't really a, a game, but they turned it into a game and just made it into something, and the kids loved it. And I, I'm kind of into airplanes, so I brought a bunch of paper with me and some little balsa airplanes and made paper airplanes, and there were kids flying those around. And, and one girl just, she was, I mean, she probably did it for an hour and a half, just flying paper airplanes around. It was something... Intriguing and and new to her, and um, so I just I just saw that um, there was hope there in that community, and like you said, the kids they almost like had no care in the world, even though they didn't come from much. They just they just had a a joy about them, and um, I think what I saw was I looked at the church and the park, and looked at how could we make this better? How could we come in and clean? I go, you know, we come in here a day ahead of time and clean up the park because there was just, there's trash around. And and uh, same with the uh, church. I, I looked, I took a bunch of pictures inside saying, hey, how could we come down here and fix this up and make it a little better for them? Because they just had stuff kind of strewn all over the place. So, but I just think the joy of the the kids during that uh, moment uh, at the barbecue... It was a barbecue and, and kind of, uh, you know, playtime for the kids at the park. And I don't know if they used the park that much. Uh, a lot of kids seemed to be inside their house, and they didn't go out a lot. Yeah. So... Um,
4: I don't know. Yeah, that was. And, like, one thing I said, like, this wasn't for us to, like, you know, have a gospel message out it was clearly just to bless the community and bless the people that were there and it was just this like just crazy idea for them to do that it was just different because you know you, for them it's like you have to do something to like share a message or you have to do something that's really you know they have to come to the church and then you'll give them school supplies but we gave the school supplies there at the barbecue so that was uh Saturday or Sunday night and so then on Sunday Monday it was kind of our final day of ministry and I just wanted to kind of toss it over to John and Jeff Jessica, to kind of talk about their experience from that day, and I can fill in any of the blanks wherever you don't go.
8: We, we decided we'd wing this, and now I regret that. Okay.
1: <laughs>
8: um, so the morning of Monday, um, we went back to the little church in Bresol, and um, we invited kids from the community that were at the barbecue the night prior, um, or anyone they wanted to invite with to come and do like little classes, I suppose you can call them. Um, we were supposed to come to this mission trip with teachable talents to share, and we all had a really hard time picking our talents because we found out we don't have a lot of teachable talents. So um, I ended up teaching them how to make Rice Krispie treats uh, because John was going to show his coffee expertise and uh, Jamie told us that in the DR they like eating Rice Krispie treats with their coffee and so um, Danny and I made Rice Krispie treats with some little girls who just had a really good time and they got their hands messy um, and we had them wash up the hands just by the way but anyway Um other other things that were there so we kind of did like rotations so john like i said he showed his coffee expertise like made coffee three different ways um mandy brought recorders with her that she had from school and she taught the kids how to play on the recorders and they got to take them home and um the kids just being like this is mine i get to keep this um that was really that was really touching Spencer um, made balsa wood airplanes with them. Um, the little boys had a had a blast with that. Uh, what what other ones? Corey and guitar. Corey and guitar. Mm-hmm. This is
4: where you yeah. fill in. Oh, sorry, so, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, so then uh, yeah, Corey did that, and then John, were you gonna talk about the afternoon? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yes. Go for it.
6: All right. Awesome. So the the two days leading up, the barbecue at the night and the one park and the classes all led up to this point in the park where we had played a bunch of water games, partnered with a, a youth ministry in the community. And it was just a really fun time. Um, what pictures the, are you showing? I have the
4: video. Oh, oh yeah. cool.
6: Awesome. Um, just seeing the joy, the pure joy and excitement of these kids just running around throwing water balloons. We, t- we spent like 10 minutes trying to explain this game. Uh, like a single elimination, one person at a time, and then we went one, two, three, and then it just broke loose. Yeah, and you can't
4: organize them. No, it's you just can't nuts. with
6: water balloons. Absolutely not. We had thousands too, so it was just a really fun time. Um, yeah, Jamie got pelted in the eye. It was kind of was bad, awesome. but funny. It was awesome. Um, no, it was great. No, but then uh, like it all led to the point where we were able to share stories and share the gospel of Jesus and Trusting in him and faith, and uh, I always believe in this concept of if you play, they'll pray. Um, like going to summer camps, if you participate in games and are engaged with other students and activities, they're going to respond in the time of altar and worship. And I got we got to see that firsthand when we were participating and throwing water balloons at other people and really having a fun time. And then seeing over 30 kids uh, accepting Jesus into their heart. It was just a really incredible experience.
4: Um, Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And, like, it ended uh, that night. We were able to get this picture. uh, I'm putting it right there. But with a lady who we were actually able to pay for her daughter's eye surgery. And so it's just this moment of connecting with her and the pastor and just kind of making that connection of generosity, you know, because that's kind of the things like when we buy an ear machine for a kid or we buy the little iPods so that the blood can be regulated to his heart for the school down the street. It's like those are the kind of things we love to do as a church and it's cool to see the team step up um, to do that in, in an incredible way. And so, by the end, did you
6: have anything? Yeah, yeah. And just like the connections that we made with the kids that we didn't even share the same language with, just knowing that the gospel doesn't have a language barrier. It was just really cool. Like this this little girl I remember throwing a football with, like she had never like played with a football before and she was throwing around with me and then seeing her raise her hand, accepting Jesus and giving me a hug after service. It's just like those kind of moments stick with you and Make me want to go back and see where where people are at now and want to serve more.
4: Yeah. So the, this is kind of like our last picture that we took as a team and uh i'm a little bummed because we're over time so we're gonna uh finish it up but there's just more stories i didn't get to talk about like other friends we made like amanda or pilar or isaris or all just the other people like that we were able to connect with um but like feel free to ask we'll be posting more stuff about it i'm sure and then um this is a time in our service where we kind of